Hey guys, welcome to the show this week. This is your host, Hunter McWaters, and it's good to be with you. Um, today I'm excited about this episode. It's a conversation I feel like it's been a long time coming, um, and finally got a chance to sit down with Aaron Snyder. And, um, you know, Aaron is is a really good guy. Um, he's kind of known as a little bit of like, I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but like a tough guy. Um, but we have a great conversation. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's a really good dude. Um, dare I even say a softy at heart. <laughs> um, we connected um, on a lot of different topics here and had a great conversation. Uh, I think he's a really good guy. Um, and it was great. It was great getting the chance to catch up with Aaron. So, um, as you know, he's super knowledgeable about like, um, archery and traditional archery and all things, Western hunting, very experienced dude. Um, and obviously he's the owner of Kifaru. Um, so, but we didn't really get into a whole lot of that. We actually talked a lot about just kind of life and, um, even some spiritual stuff. And of course we did talk about hunting and, and the outdoor industry and all that. So, um, it was just a really good conversation. I think you guys will really enjoy this one. And the verse that I got this week for Aaron comes from Joshua 1 verse 9 and says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. So that's the verse I got for Aaron. Um, I think he's a, he's a strong dude. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people have this misconception that Christianity or faith is uh, wimpy or weak. Um, but here we have right here in Joshua, um, the Lord commanding us to be strong and courageous. And then later in the Bible, I think it's in Revelation, um, one of the major sins that is listed is uh, cowardice. So um, if you think Christianity or faith is wimpy, I'd say take another look. Um, but anyway, uh, this is a great conversation uh, with Aaron. Also, I do want to mention, um, you may have seen on social media, but um, this week, a couple days ago, I released my um, antelope, Wyoming antelope uh, hunt film from last year. It was a really fun, just family hunt that I did with my cousin and my uncle and my dad. Me and my cousin both filled tags. I shot this antelope right here behind me, a nice like 70-inch buck on a one-point unit in a special draw. And uh, my cousin shot his first Western big game animal ever, a nice uh, antelope doe. So, um, you know, uh, I hope you guys will get a chance to go check it out, go to my YouTube channel, um, and watch that, that film. And if you subscribe to the YouTube channel and share the, uh, the film on your social media and tag me, um, I will send you some the hunters quest, uh, stickers in the mail. And also I'm going to pick one lucky winner out of there. Um, this is the sticker, by the way, you can't really see it, but, um, it's just the logo, um, you can see it a little bit, um, but I'll send you some stickers in the mail if you do that. And then I'm going to pick one of you guys and you're going to get a free one year, uh, free for one year, go hunt Explorer membership. That's the mapping software with all 50 States and some really awesome tools on there. So you'll get that free for a year and some other go hunt swag, like a hat and a t-shirt. So, um, get on there to, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, watch that film, you know, comment on it. And, uh, if you, uh, share that on your social media, on Instagram and tag me, um, I will get some stuff in the mail to you. And I was, like I said, I'm going to pick one of you guys. You're going to get a free one year membership to go hunt, explore and some go hunt swag. So please do that. Um, you know, also, uh, you know, continue to share the podcast with friends and family, leave me a review and a rating. If you can, it's very helpful. 
And, you know, if you're picking up gear for the season, um, you know, Go Hunt uh, Gear Shop has everything you might need in there, uh, and it's curated. It's all good stuff. You can use the code QUEST there and save 20%, um, or if you want to uh, pick up a uh, Insider membership or an Explorer membership, use that code QUEST. You'll save 20%. Also, at Initial Ascent, you know, I'm using uh, their backpacks a lot this year, and uh, it's they really are amazing the way they can carry weight. I'm not just saying that. I've tried lots of different packs and this one is the most comfortable under heavyweight I've ever tried. So use that code QUEST at initial ascent. You'll save some money and support the show. And lastly, Heather's Choice. Um, she just came out with a new full line of delicious, healthy backcountry meals. Um, it's a great company. Uh, I love I love their stuff and uh, I always feel great after I eat it. So use that code QUEST at Heather's Choice if you're stocking up on backcountry meals for the season. Uh, and I'd go ahead and do that now, sooner rather than later, because she tends to sell out as you get closer into the season. So uh, I would grab your stuff now while you can. So yeah, guys, um, you know if you use those codes, it helps out the show and you know saves money. So everybody wins. Um, so do that, and uh, thank you for your support. I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Aaron Snyder. See you next week. Get going. What's that? Can I chew? Can I chew on this podcast? Yeah, it's fine with me. If you, can, I mean, don't worry, I won't cuss, man. I'm good when I need to be. So okay, okay. So you know, okay, yeah. If you can, I mean, I don't mind. Like, if you, I mean, me personally, I don't mind. I just don't want to deal with people emailing me with f about f bombs, and then I'll have to go back and bleep. On. It's just easier for me. No, no, I get it. I've listened to some of your podcasts, so I'm good. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Let me just do this real quick. Which ones have you heard? Um, I'm trying to think. Did you do one Dan Staten? Mm-hmm. I listened to his. I listened to one with uh, Gritty and another one that I can't remember. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, maybe, or Brian Barney, maybe. Okay, yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, I, um, I did some work with Dan. I went out and filmed a elk hunt with him in New Mexico. He's a he's a he's an awesome dude. Yeah, he's a good he's a good guy. Yeah, man. And I just I was doing some research today and um and like found this super old video with you and Brian like I think it was from Canada. Uh bow hunting bears. It was just uh it was funny to see like just how different things have become in, you know, 6 years or whatever it was since that video came out. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was the first four-legged animal I shot with a recruit. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah. yeah, he was down on the road below me, and uh, I had stopped up and shot it. Yeah, that was the, I shot a turkey, but that was the first um, whatever four-legged creature I shot mammal. with a recruit. It was cool. Yeah, it was a good, it was a cool, yeah, something you'll never, you know, forget. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, there's some of those hunts that just... Uh... I'm I'm working on editing right now. I just started editing like a, you know, is actually this antelope right here. But it was like I took my cousin and my dad, and my uncle out, and they'd never done any western hunting, and got my cousin his first uh, western big game animal, and just the family and stuff is just that's just one that I'll never forget. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. So cool, man. Um, 
so yeah i mean you know i know like a lot of people know a lot about you probably so i don't want to spend like a ton of time on it but just for my own sake i'd love to hear just a little bit about like your personal background and story i know you were in the military at one point correct yeah yeah okay. i'm almost that uh, was 25 years ago 20 years ago so. okay so yeah man I, but i don't really know anything about you um i'm kind of you know i'm pretty new in like the western hunting space um so you know and so anyway yeah i just love to hear a little bit about your background without going to like crazy detail but just so i know a little bit more about you yeah so i'm from oregon originally like like my hometown is 200 people so pretty pretty small in the middle of the cascades and uh dude what is with oregon Every everyone I talk to lately, like so many badass hunters, are from Oregon. Probably <laughs> when we were a kid, we got good at it when we were young because we didn't know any better. Um, <laughs> how it was back then, uh, you know, for the most part. But but yes, a really small community. And uh, I joined uh, the army when I was pretty young, and and did a few years in the military, and then uh, I didn't really didn't know what I was going to do, so I, I got out and worked uh, at an archery shop and. Okay. Uh, you know, were tuning bows and everything else. And, and I was young, you know, low, young 20s. And a uh, guy came in and hired me to work as a commercial glazer, basically doing aluminum and, and uh, glass and high rises. And uh, okay. I did that, for, uh, well, for a long time, 10 years, I guess, 12 years. And uh, I got to a point where I was running a relatively large, you know, glass shop. But during that time, you know, I was writing some outdoor articles and doing gear reviews and things like that. And, uh, I guess around 2011 or 12, I kind of made a decision that I was going to try to make it uh, in the outdoors. I mean, not the industry, but whether it was guiding or whatever. I just wanted to be a little bit different back then than now. Um, you know, I get messages, to, you know, talking all day about, hey, I don't work in the outdoor industry. And that wasn't my goal. I wanted to just be outdoors. And, yeah. and that was kind of my goal. Uh, it was a way to be outside all the time. And, uh, Anyway, I, I took kind of a leap, and, and uh, I ended up working for Kafaro. I'm condensing this down. Uh, yeah, sure. Kind of like a very small amount of pay uh, to, to help them out with um, designs, things like that. And uh, did that for you know a few years. And then, um, oh, in 2015 or 16, I met Brian Call, and, and I did a, a podcast with him. And at that time, the only podcast I really knew of was with Rogan's um, <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty introverted. Um, you know, a lot of people probably have a weird opinion of me or, or, or even a bad because I'm pretty quiet and I don't, I'm really good in public places. Um, when, when I get to know you, I can't shut up or whatever, but <laughs> he got open up and talk a little bit. He and I became friends and then uh, he and I did um, the, the Gritty podcast for a while and I ended up becoming the uh, president, general manager, CEO, whatever you want to call it, a Kafaru. Uh, around 2014 and uh you know i do a lot of other stuff photography military training survival uh like seminars on land navigation things like that um and guide off and on as well um and then in 2020 i guess ish um my my business partner and i purchased kafaru um i recently started a clothing company as well like i didn't have enough to deal with or not started with with a, a group of guys to start a clothing company but you know the really the biggest thing that i just I, you know a lot of times i was in the field 100 150 days or nights a year um always enjoyed 
being outdoors and, and uh, shooting my bow and, and uh, very challenge driven, you know, like with the recurve, I, I did that really just to prove a point. Um, you know, I just shot at the ASA Classic World Championship thing and the, the hardest class there was just to see how I would do. Um, oh, nice. How'd you do? Super, super uh, well, I, my goal was to finish mid-pack. I was just below that, but considering it was my first tournament in 20 years, I didn't take in the bottom 10. I didn't shoot to what I hoped I would, but, you know, it was, it was fun. I think I shot a 410, so 10 up for the weekend. Um, nice. And it was good. Um, you know, I, I, I just that kind of mentality where I always like to be challenged. And so I'm always, you know, trying to like photography that, you know, little, you know, barely graduated high school. So I thought I'd become a photographer and learned it on YouTube. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. Well, that's the shortest version I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, lots to unpack there, but, um, I know, like you were saying before we started recording, you guys just moved to Wyoming. So, how's that been so far? Are you liking it out there? Yeah, I wish I would have moved to. Uh, we moved to Riverton. We're just outside of Riverton, my house. Um, yeah, you know, a lot less people, a lot less stress, and, um, you know, amazing place, amazing people. Just, it's been great. I mean, the move's been a pain in the butt, obviously. Um, uh, um, Sorry, I just got a text. My buddy's wife injured herself. Anyway, um, uh, I uh, uh, moving an entire company with you know several million dollars in product and multiple families was stressful, but we got it done. We're getting ready to start shipping again, so that's been awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and like Wyoming is much more friendly to resident hunters in Colorado, is it not? Like you guys can get more tags and have more opportunity, can't you? Yeah, or, you know, like a counter tag for a resident would be maybe a point draw for a, a non-resident. So they're they're very good um, residents here. Yeah. Dude, your your service is pretty bad. We might want to try it without video, unfortunately, or maybe switch to Wi-Fi and try it or something, but you're breaking up kind of bad on me. Yeah. There you go. How, can you hear me? You there? Yellow. You're on mute. There you I go. I don't know what I did there, but there, there you, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> You're on mute. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. All right, cool, man. Um, so yeah, we were just talking about, um, the opportunity out in Wyoming as compared to Colorado. Is it better for residents out there? Yeah, it's a lot better. Um, you know, what would be a six or seven point draw, I think is like over the counter for residents. So oh, nice. Yeah. Plus like they're, um, do you think this 90, 10 thing's gonna, gonna happen? You know, um, Wyoming's real big on their outfitters, so I would say yes. Probably they they take very good care of their outfitters. So, so do you think that's going to mean that like a uh, non-resident? So you know, for me, I've been building points for a few years in Wyoming. Um, do you think that basically that's going to like just take my chances of drawing anything in Wyoming down to almost nothing starting next year if it takes effect? 
Uh, it certainly sounds like it could. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not the best person for this. You know, like I just got up here and yeah, true. I'm not really familiar with the ins and outs, but um, yeah, it doesn't doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. Dang man. Well, um, so yeah, what did you uh, what did you do in the army? Uh, I was a combat engineer. Um, it's like a kind of infantry explosives. Oh, nice, nice. Um, well, you know, I I was watching one of your. Um, I'm gonna just go ahead and jump right in. Just get a little philosophical on you here, but uh, I was watching one of your your films, and I noticed one of your tattoos has warrior on your on your arm. And so I knew you've been in the military, but what would you say is like the difference between a soldier and a warrior or what makes a warrior? I don't know. It actually says mountain warrior. I was in the oh. mountain division. So, um, but what makes a mountain warrior? But, you know, I mean, as far as that, like that was so long ago in my, you know, in my life or whatever, like, I don't think that you need to be a soldier to be a warrior i guess but i guess that wasn't the meaning of the the tattoo anyway but um but you know having that never give up mentality i think it's something maybe lost uh being is, is more lost nowadays than yeah than i would like to see it meaning and that doesn't mean in a fight or climbing a hill or you know it's um like like uh stick to it i guess or stick whatever you call that like just sticking yeah. with something yeah. Um, that you love until you've, you know, tried to master it or, or not giving up on a hard task or whatever. Um, not really the question you ask, but uh, kind of parallels it. I, I think that um, there's a lot of uh, participation trophies nowadays and things like mm-hmm. that that, you know, give a reason, give reasons for people to, to quit early or to settle. And I think that uh, you should, you know, try to never settle. Um, and, and when I say settle, your very best may be eighth place. Your very best may be 20 minutes to the top of a hill and someone else is 14. But if you've given it all you've got, you know that. Um, mm. You know that inside, and that's all that matters, right? If you've given it, you know, like I'm never going to probably dunk a basketball again. And, uh, uh, you know, whatever, you know, pick it. I'm never going to be good at golf. But if, if I pick something like archery or photography or fishing or whatever, to put as much into it as you can, um, if it's something you love and, and, uh, you know, if that's mastering it or just being as good as you can be, if you've done that internally, you know, that it's something to be proud of. And I don't, I think that's being that's a little bit more lost nowadays, uh, you know, because of the world we live in. So, and I hate that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. That sounds like kind of like what you're doing with the archery thing is just kind of getting out there and challenging yourself and just doing the best you can. Um, you know, probably just for the enjoyment of it and the challenge, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. That's one good thing about archery. You know, it's a very individual sport, and uh, you, you, when you fail, it's because of you. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you missed or blew a stock, whatever the case may be, it's it's your you did it. And uh, you know, there's a lot of oh, I don't know if you want to say gratification, but there's a lot of uh, good feelings that come of um, um, you know, achieving a goal, whether that goal be hiking into a place to go backpacking or that goal be putting an animal on the ground or whatever that is, um, making an impossible stock, even if the animal blew out, if you got sub 10 yards, there's gratification in that. There's mm. like, okay, I, I did it. 
move on to the next thing and, and just keep challenging yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think you're headed more in a direction of, or like, are you more excited by the archery stuff and the competitive shooting now, or is hunting still where you're really, your heart's at, or what do you think about that? I lost them again. It, you're good. I had you muted somehow, if you can believe oh, that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, no, not tournament archery. I just did that, uh, you know, go shoot. I'm going to shoot some more tournaments, but, um, you know, hunting is, you know, where my, my heart's at and, uh, yeah. the outdoors. Okay. Good, man. Um, well you, you know, you, you mentioned a few things in your kind of like brief intro, um, you know, about starting off as like a low level employee at Kifaru and, and then one day eventually buying it. And, you know, you've done a lot kind of in your career and accomplished a lot, um, you know, in the competitive archery, the hunting, um, you know, some would say you're somewhat of like an influencer slash content creator. You're also a business owner. Um, you know, what are some things, you know, that you'd be saying to a guy like me? And like you said, I know you get a lot of questions about people who want to get into the industry and stuff like that. And, um, people like me who are starting out and, and hoping to try to make a name for themselves, but do it in the right way. Like what are some of the, um, I guess looking back the best decisions that you kind of feel like you made or, um, or things you learned along the way that served you. And then maybe even like, what are some things that you looking back might've done differently? Um, I'd say one, like been very important to me and, and more recently is, uh, uh, remember who got you to where you are, uh, and being very grateful, you know, for that. Um, you know, my business partner now, he could tell me to, go shoot myself in the foot and I, I would do it because his best, he had, you know, his, he has the best intentions for me. Um, Patrick Smith, uh, the, the, the gentleman I bought Kafaru from with, with my business partner, you know, it wasn't always like roses with, you know, certain things in the business and his family, but he was always so good to me. And I had a lot of job offers uh, with other companies, a lot more money and, and uh, ownership and everything else. And, I would have never been in the position I was in. So leaving him just wasn't an option. And, and, and it was brought, I mean, it was placed in front of me many, many times. And, you know, for, for me, especially being a knucklehead when I was a kid, you know, I, I didn't, uh, didn't go through college or any, you know, I didn't um, have anything like that. Like, you know, really taking a step back and realizing um, if, if someone, if someone, you look at Carl Malone, for example, uh, in, in his contracts, so it was a handshake agreement. And there were times they couldn't pay him what other companies were offering him, but he was so loyal because of that bond or that friendship. Um, I think realizing at times, um, for example, uh, as of today, there's a gentleman that has been very good to Kafaru. He's never asked us for any money. And, and I'm making a decision to support some of the companies he deals with hmm. Because he helped us get us to where we are, and I, I owe it to him to to return that favor and to show my loyalty back to him. And you know, you you, you think about it: if somebody gets you to uh, a point, and this is obviously a pretty broad statement. I mean, not everything's perfect, but meaning, um, I'll take Brian Call. You're friends with Brian. I'll always be grateful to Brian. Brian uh, helped me come out of my shell. Brian helped me become more known. Uh, in the industry and Brian, I'll always have respect for Brian, you know, for that, uh, you know, for that reason. And 
there's other times in, in the industry that, that things I see happen that I'd really like to talk to someone and say, hey, man, I don't know the ins and outs of this, but I do know what that person has done for you. And, and you may see larger paychecks or things that that guy's not offering you, but you would not have those opportunities mm. with an individual. And you need to remember that because later on when things go south, that person has already proven he's down for, for the for the cause. He's there for the long term, and he's going to be there when you're poor. He's going to be there when you do something stupid. He's going to have your back no matter what. And even though this other person may be offering you more money or hunts or I don't know whatever, they 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 may not be there when when times are hard. Um, and I've tried to surround myself with people. Um, Greg Poole, you probably you may not know who he is. Greg Poole is someone that, that you either like him or hate him. He's in the industry. And I'll be, I'll ride with Greg until he drives off a cliff. And then I'll call my wife down. Like, I'm not leaving that dude's side because that dude has always been by my side, always. So that would be something I would say that I've learned that sometimes you need to take a big step back. Rem- remember who, who you are, how you got there. And make sure that you you could you follow through with that for the people that got you there. Um, that that's a big one. And I would say, as far as mistakes I've made, not doing that would be one of them. And it, real quick, I learned that was one thing that would be a mistake. And I learned a long time ago, you know, over a decade ago, more than that, that you got to try to dance with the one that brought you. And and sometimes people have the mentality: if the ends justify the means, it's worth it. But you got you know, long term, maybe not. Right and it is just archery. It is just the outdoors. Yeah. In the end, you've got the people around you, and that's all you've got. And I would say the most important thing for me is my employees are like family to me, and my friends. I would do anything for them, and in, in my in my family in general. And if everything was gone tomorrow, that's what I've got. I, I've got mm-hmm. them right. So I don't know if that answers your question, but no, that's great, man. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, especially any industry, but a lot of in a lot of ways in our industry, it's a it's a small community, and um, you know, a lot of people have burned bridges and stuff like that, and it's it's tough. Um, and a lot of people are always at the end of the day in it for what they can get from you, right? Instead of, but sounds like you know, when you're what you're saying is loyalty is really just uh, is key. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. You know, not to go too great depths with this. I don't know you from Adam. Um, we, we talked on social media a couple of times, but, you know, there there are times that, um, you know, in, in the industry and in life in general, again, when you are, uh, I, put the, I have been offered a lot of money at times to use a specific product, and I liked the product. But I had another product I was using for, because of a friendship and a brotherhood and a loyalty that, that I chose not, you know, to take the money may have needed the money, mm. but in the end, um, you know, it is just money and loyalty and, and friendship or stand the test of time. Money can be burnt. Um, you know what I mean? Money, money doesn't make, uh, you know, money doesn't comfort you when you've broken a leg and you need a ride to the store. You know, my, money isn't, you can't call money when you're feeling down or lonely. Um, Right. But you, you can call a friend. Right. You can call someone that knows you, you know, to the deepest, darkest parts of your inside, like everything about you. And you could talk to him. You can't talk to money. You know, I'm saying money isn't 
but it's not everything. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't stress that enough. And the more I see things that go on in the industry today um, is, is interesting for me to watch. And, and honestly, I can't wait to get out of it. Um, <laughs> my exit strategy is, is uh, literally, I, I, I never planned on being in the position I was in. I never wanted to be known. And, and I can say, I think any of my friends would know that is a hundred percent true. I, I post on social media. I like to help people. I like to teach, you know, but mm-hmm. this is, I get to read about myself on forums all the time on things that I don't even know how you could make them up. And that hurts. It sucks. Right. But it's like, really, I, I want to help people. I want to get people more fishing and hunting, yeah. fishing or fitness, whatever, make better life decisions. And, you know, when you got to read about yourself at times, you're like, you know, Life was a lot simpler when I just went hunting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure, man. I mean, um, you know, with, with any kind of notoriety or success, I mean, there's always going to be people out there that are jealous or hating on you or whatever. And that's unfortunate. And there's so much like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it seems like an undue amount of toxicity among hunters. I mean, I don't know what's, what's up with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just getting screenshots about myself on uh, rock slide that were made in China. And that's why we're delayed in shipping. We were delayed in shipping because our, our stuff was in a storage container when we moved to Wyoming, right? But only company now that is made in the U.S., everything. And But I'm reading a thread where people are like, oh, yeah, they are made in China. And I'm like, you know, that's one, you know. And then, uh, you know, other, I mean, obviously, I've... I've um, um, read about other people as, as well and it's like you know i know that person i i know that's not true mm. but when you, the more the more known you get let's take cam haynes he's a friend um you know what what bad has cam done for the industry i mean i, I can't think of anything myself now i don't agree with everything cam says i'm not going to go run without drinking water but you know <laughs> motivate people can't you know he's a very motivational per- person he gets uh, and an unquantifiable amount of people into the outdoors yeah. and he gets hated on than anyone I know. And, but he also has a million, you know, followers. So, and he's a good dude. I mean, he, you know, he's a good guy, uh, hardworking and everything else, you know, he gets a lot of hate. I, I don't know why, you know, if he wants to run with his shirt off more power to him, I'll give him shit for doing it. I don't care what he does. Right. He's a buddy. Uh, <laughs> But, oh, did, uh, didn't you say? <laughs> I heard. Didn't you say like you've seen his nipples more than your wife's or something? <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Um, you know, it's funny. I, well, yeah, I'm a I'm a smart ass, but uh, or Alex, sorry. Um, I think that um, you you take someone, uh, Rogan, for example, he gets hated on constantly, and I know that dude well. He is a good human. He's a good. He is a good person, mm-hmm. and the world less without him. And he gets hated on constantly. He's bad for hunting. He's a horrible hunter. He goes on guided hunts, whatever. And it's like, you know, to put that much effort. I just recently saw there was a hate page started about me. And I I, I like Like a whole page just for hating on you. Pretty directed towards me, you know, and one of them is I'm a a steroid freak. And it's like, well, I'd like to have the body of one right now. I I, I was on years ago and uh, you know, the, the, the other one is, um, it doesn't matter, but it's like, what kind of life does that person live that, that that's their, that's what they do, right? Like, right. Uh, 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So it is toxic, but it's life, right? I mean, what, what are you going to do? Go, yeah. go shoot, go lift weights. Like, not much else. Yeah, I try to just, like, even when it comes to, like, outside the industry, just, like, the news or whatever. Like, I just don't watch the news or, like, I just, I try to... I mean, I guess there's a line there. You want to know what's going on, but at the same time, like I just try to ignore the stuff as much as I can, and I'm not big enough to really get much hate, at least not that I've seen anyway. So um, I don't have to deal with it'll, that. But yeah, it'll come. <laughs> I'm sure somebody hates me out there, but uh, whatever. Um, so I mean, I was I was really debating on asking, and I was going to avoid it, but since you brought it up, um, what happened with you and Brian? Nah, just different people. Brian's a good dude. Um, my, I don't, uh, uh, he and I's, uh, personalities are a lot different, but you know, when he, when he went, uh, you know, he was going to go work with, uh, mountain ops. It was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go do my own thing. And it was semi amicable and uh, amicable at that time. And it went a little bit South, but you know, the reality is on, on my end, anyway, I can't speak for Brian. If you were like brass tacks of it, you know, he's black and I'm white, right? Like we are polar opposites differently. And I can hang out with Brian personally every day hunting with him. We just hunt differently, but you know, um, and again, I don't know what he would say exactly, but I, I have zero issues with, with Brian. I mean, he has said things at times that I just like, or probably would have conked him in the head at the time for saying it or whatever. But I mean, that's life. People say things when they're threatened or, you know what I mean or whatever, but yeah, I just, I would say two personalities. He wanted to go one direction and, and I didn't want to go that. Not that his direction was bad, right? It's just a matter of, you know, whatever. Hey, let's go swimming in the ocean. Well, I'm scared of sharks, right? I mean, whatever. It just wasn't something I wanted to do. But And, and things went a little bit, you know, south on, on both ends on that. But, I mean, Brian's a good guy. He motivates people. I don't really pay too much attention on what he's doing. I don't pay attention a lot of what people are doing, not because it's Brian. But, you know, he, he tries to motivate people in the outdoors and stuff like that. And that's, I mean, that's what you want to do. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Um, so like, you know, I know you said earlier, like, you know, you, you're the kind of guy that like, you never really sought after like notoriety and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I have, it's funny. Cause like one of my, my hunting partners, one of my best buddies is like, always like like constantly bashing on like hunting influencers and stuff like that and so but there is this like conundrum right of like you know you don't want to be you want to um represent hunting in a positive light you don't want to be like i don't know whatever negative connotation comes with the word influencer you don't want to be that right but at the same time like there is like i have a genuine desire to tell stories about hunting and, and share and, and like you said, motivate people. And, um, and I just like, I like producing hunting films. Like some people, like I was just, when I was on the phone or before I got on with you, I was working on editing this little antelope hunt for probably just going to be for me and my family. Cause my cousin shot me shooting the antelope and it's all overexposed and like unusable, but, um, I might share it, but I just genuinely enjoy it. But like, what's uh what's that dynamic been for you or like how do we you know how can we represent hunting well and you know not be what all these guys that hate on hunting influencers hate like what, what how do we do that i mean i i i'm doing it i think i mean 
when I when I look at it, I, I don't promote bad products. Um, I don't promote hate, right? I mean, when I say that, you know, Brian's a good example. He doesn't either, or or uh, you know, Dan Staten or uh, Stealthy, right? Or uh, a Cam, I don't pick it, right? And, and the way I look look at things um, is is really black and white. Are you doing it for the right reasons, right? Um, which is important, which is getting people in outdoors, enjoying things, right? Okay. Or are you doing it for just to get free crap? Okay. That, the next one is, are you influencing in a positive light hunting? Right. Um, at times I probably would be say maybe not, um, on my end, just for maybe I might pop, post a shot that I am trying to teach people, maybe shot placement or something that, you know, it's informational, but you know, might, might look bad for hunting because it is, you know, out there for the world to see, but are, are you trying to promote hunting in a positive light? Are you trying to teach and educate with good info from wisdom, uh, not just knowledge, but wisdom, like you've been there to, to, to explain to someone the potential outcome, if something happens to them, meaning a bad shot or tracking or storms or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're doing all those things, I really don't care. Like, if your buddy was standing in front of me, he's like, ah, oh, you're an influencer. I hate you. I would be like, all right, lay, lay it on me. Why? Okay. Well, well, I mean, you just try to promote yourself. Uh, well, I mean, if you're promoting anything and you're in it, you're by default promote promoting yourself. Well, it's like, okay, well, I don't get much money from this. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you get paid from Kafaro. Yeah. Well, yeah, I own it. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> and I, and I, I do need to post informational stuff about the packs one for sales too, because people need to know how to fit a pack. And right. so I get a kick out of it and, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I understand there are some influencers out there doing it for the wrong reasons, but, um, I mean, for, for the love of God, it, it could be worse. I, I get a kick. White tail fit. I like that guy. He gets hated on a ton. You know, does does he bring a cameraman around to tech? Yeah, that's his thing. He does like YouTube videos and stuff. But that's a good dude. He's a good person. Now, does he do it to get his name out there? Some probably, but he's not doing it for bad reasons in the sense of he's not trying to hurt anyone. He's not giving out bad info. And he's a good dude. He's a good person. And I get made fun of for being a friend with him and, and defending him. And it's like, well. What are we doing here? We got starving people. The economy's crashing. I just paid five eighty a gallon for diesel. And what were you? White tail fit had a you know fake reaction when he shot a white tailers. I mean, it's like <laughs> really like that's what we've gone to as a human race. Like <laughs> it baffles me at times because I've I've been to pretty bad parts of the world um, where you know they eat what we throw away. And here we're worried about some chick hanging her boobs out on social media and that person, you know, and, and we, you know, there, there's certain people that make fun of guys' wives, right? That's sacred. That's your wife. And, you know, there's specific pages just bashing, you know, like defending whatever they're defending. And it's like, well, what are you really actually defending? You know, like, if, if you made a motivational page, would that do how? better would that do than than a you know a hate page and some of them are funny don't get me wrong like archery hooligan i love that page that, that's funny um but there's other ones where like when there's a line crossed like you know if somebody you know i wouldn't I, I wouldn't it would be bad right if somebody started bringing my wife into the mix and things like that and it's just uncalled for and unneeded i just don't see a reason for that you know try to stay positive so yeah yeah i hear you man i mean for me like 
you know, I could have, if, if money was my motivation, I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> like there's way other things I could have done, you know, if I wanted to make money. And like, for me, it's just, it just comes down to simply, I just want to do what I love and make a living for my family. And yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's weird. We, we live in, so yeah. I don't, I try not to get too, the things I just think that, um, you know, when you wake up in the morning and take off for the day, is your first thought, who am I going to post about negatively? Or is your first thought, how am I going to help the world and make it a better place? If your first thought is, how can I find another meme to make fun of someone? Probably not good. I'm yeah. not a psychologist, right? I got all kinds of issues, but, um, you know, trying to keep a little bit more in a positive light. Um, you know, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I think of is I got to feed my dogs. Uh, and I hope I don't, <laughs> you know, and after that, I'm like, okay, I need to wake up and, and work out. And then in the middle of that, I'm like, okay, I got to go answer, you know, all the questions I have on Instagram or whatever, just tuning. And, and then after that, I'm like, okay, I should probably make a post today uh, at some point because it's social media. Okay, what what cool photo can someone see that might motivate them? Whether it's a backdrop or a mountain scene or a tent or you know what what might generate some content for people to ask questions. I was thinking about getting that tent or just simple stuff. And you know, as simple as it is, holding the door for people, saying yes, ma'am or thank you. Like someone struggling and can't afford their food. This just happened yesterday at the grocery store, or, or I don't even know if they could afford their food. Their credit card didn't work. Being a good human, pay for that, right? Mm. Got the money, pay for that. The world is not a, work ba- a bad place if you're doing that. And oh, uh, they could be a drug addict. Well, they could, and maybe they'll buy drugs. But I help them. You know what I mean? Maybe their kid's gonna eat. I like Jesus. And there's other people that wake up like, how can I make someone's life miserable? I feel bad for who they are internally. Like that's got to be a rough life to live. Yeah, man, for sure. I think there's a lot of jealousy out there that probably fuels a lot of it. Um. But, uh, you know, and you kind of, you may have just touched on it a little bit, but like whether you, it's what you planned on or not, you've, you have accomplished a lot in your life in terms of, um, in the industry and, you know, with your company and personally, um, but even like on a larger scale, like just in terms of being a human, not necessarily industry, like, um, what, what is your purpose? Man, I would I would say maybe my wife would say teaching, um, instructing, and and I'm an instructor for various different facets of life. I guess like I like I like teaching people. I like helping uh, people. I, you know, I, I really I- enjoy that. I think the other thing too, by default, was to try to motivate people because as a blue collar guy that was raised in pretty close to poverty and lived in a one bedroom apartment until recently that you, you can do it, right? You can do anything. Somebody that said I couldn't shoot a recurve. What I did with the recurve, neither here nor there, right? Like it, whether I killed five animals, one animal or, or 500, I showed people it could be done, right? I yeah. showed people you could do if you put your mind to something and not, you know, in, in the sense of like, not that, oh, I, I, sh- I shot 150 animals a year with a recurve. I showed that you could do something that maybe wasn't, perceived as attainable and you'll hear people well you get to hunt more well how did i get to do that that's also attainable right like let's let's face it right i worked construction for the majority of my life 
it is attainable. So I'm like, yeah, no, I do get to hunt a lot. Now step back here and ask yourself how I did that. Right. And I'm not saying like, that's as a me, me, me. I'm trying to say like, Hey, you put your mind to something, uh, you can do it right. You not well within reason. I'm not going to be, you know, whatever Michael Jordan in basketball, but like if, if your goal literally is to go on a doll sheep hunt in Alaska, save money, you can do that work side jobs, quit drinking. I don't know. You can do it if you put your mind to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've done, I, I hope I've done a good job showing that you can, you, you really can. If you put your mind to it, you can do, I mean, look, I became a relatively good photographer. Do I look like a photographer, right? Does my back in photography, but I love photography so much from an outside perspective that I learned it literally from YouTube and asking questions. And I get, if I had to stop hunting tomorrow, I would have no issue being a photographer full time. I, I love photography, uh, fishing. If that's what makes you happy. Yeah. I mean, are you going to go fish in the BASS tour? Probably not, but you might. But if you started at a young age and that's your dream, you don't have to have a physical ability to go fishing, right? You don't have to dunk a ball. Right. You don't have to five hundred pounds. Put your mind to it. Save money. Get a boat. I, I think that that would be something. Maybe I don't know if that's my calling, but I've, I've maybe shown people. Yeah, yeah, man. And you seem like you have a a pretty strong like moral compass. Um, do you uh, do you believe in God or have any kind of faith or spirituality? No, not not now. Um, not really. Some probably I get choked up. I, I recently lost a, a friend. His name was Cody Mooney. It was a, a couple of years ago, and he he was a very spiritual person, a very good human, and I mean good to the core. Like you watch a movie and somebody puts their heart on their chest, they're like, "All right, you may pass. You're pure of soul." That was Cody. Um, he had four kids and his wife was five months pregnant. And five months pregnant, he died of a, of a brain tumor mm. and an extremely, whatever I had left was gone after that. Um, wow. You know, my, my more not um, generated by religion. I think it's generated. And I've heard people tell me, well, good, good men don't make it to heaven. Saved men do. Well, I know a lot of crooked saved men. So are they truly saved? Sure. I, I look, I walk down the, the road of life and a left turn is a bad decision or not helping and a right turn is a good one. I try to make a lot of right turns and I don't always make right turns, uh, but I try. And sometimes I'll make a left turn and get a few feet down and might have to come back, eat a little crow and apologize <laughs> and then make a right turn. But, you know, I think as you grow older and you, you realize um, uh, as, as time goes on again, like whatever I'm not, I don't, Whatever your faith is, I, it doesn't Buddhist, Muslim, Christian. I don't, I don't, you know, a Mormon, whatever. Um, if you're a good person, you're a good person, and I just try to be the the best person I, I can, you know, be. And I, I think that my my moral compass really stems off as simple as if there's a dog in the road, I am turning my truck sideways, no matter if it gets hit, because I want that dog to live. I don't, I don't want that dog to get hurt where most people would drive by. If there's someone possibly going to be in a dangerous situation on the side in a parking lot, I I am not the person that's going to walk by. I'm going to try to help someone weaker than me because I have that ability. It's just being a good human. Now, as I say that I cuss like a sailor, that's not good. Right. I mean, that's not, not, not a good thing, but I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, I would take a bullet for anybody I care about. And I, I, I'm really, 
um, kids are, are a big thing with me, like teaching kids and helping them out, hanging out with them and, and really working with some troubled youth. Um, you know, and, and I will say I have a violent side. If I see someone being what I perceive as uh, um, abusive to a kid, mm. yeah, there's a chance I'll break an arm uh, and a very high chance that that will happen. And, and uh, same with women. Uh, you know, I see someone abusing a woman, whether it be verbally or, or physically, it'll be a bad day for that that individual. I'm very – I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's – I would say, I mean, that's protective. That's good. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've seen people freak out from it because um, it, it's we're not freak out, but it's like we'll call the police, and I'm like, well, they're not here, you know, things like that. Where I've mm. stepped in situations, but yeah, that's me. I don't, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change. Um, and, and when I, you know, I, I when I say, uh, you know, I, I can be violent. I, I think violence is a good thing. I, I do truly think if you can hone that, that is part of being a man. Um, I don't think that, um, a weak person is a good person. I think, uh, in fact, I hate, cause I used to say this and now there's like a video that goes across social media now, you know, saying the same thing, but, um, uh, weak people aren't, aren't necessarily good people or, 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 or a strong person isn't a bad person. I, I think if you're a protective person, I think if you're someone that is doing what's right for, for the greater good that is that is what is part of being a man you know and i, I don't want to be male male thing if a woman's the same way but if i have the physical ability and the discipline and training to to help someone by by default i i am obliged to do that and a lot of people walk by and that drives me crazy it does no i think that's good and i think that's you know something that's part of you for a reason and you know a lot of society has gone to teaching that you know, like toxic masculinity or whatever and all this garbage. Um, but no, I mean, that's part of what makes a man, a man is to protect, um, those that are weaker. So I I think that's good. Um, and you know, you mentioned your buddy and like, that's, that's so tough. And like, I just did a really good podcast with tear from black rifle and he had a similar answer to that question. Um, just seeing some of the stuff that he's seen, uh, you know, in battle and stuff like that, that, that make it really hard to believe in, um, in a good God. And, you know, that's like the big, that's like the number one issue that turns like most people away from faith. And, um, you know, I just like to, you know, I always just tell people it's not, it's not the fix all answer or anything like that. I don't have the answers to everything, but, you know, I believe that God's good and things that happen that are not good are from the enemy and we have an enemy. He's real. He's bad. Um, I don't believe everything that happens is God's will. I think, you know, your buddy dying, I think that was the enemy, you know? And, uh, anyway, so that's, that's tough, man. I'm sorry to hear about that, but you know, what, what do you think you, you have this drive in you for goodness and to be good and to do good. Where do you think that drive comes from within you to do good? Hopefully my mom doesn't listen to this. Um, I had a fairly rough childhood, um, and, and not because of my mom, um, but uh, the, one of the reasons I have trouble failing is probably daddy issues with, you know, my dad, maybe not going to sporting events or, you know, w- w- whatever. And, you know, obviously getting, you know, abu- uh, abusive type stuff, whatever, getting hit with boat paddles and shit, um, you know, seeing a kid that knowing what I went through at certain times and things um, and, and, you know, what my mom went through, I would say that, um, 
yeah, I mean, I would say that's, that's it. It's, um, ingrained in, in, you know, I, I, I stereotypically would be maybe look like a bully where I, I actually protected, uh, weaker people. And I, you know, I don't know that that was in my DNA before, but I would, I would say if I had the gun to my head, say it was in not a good way, my, my childhood, um, I think also, which I've spoken with some experts about this, that uh, one of the reasons I'm able to go to a very violent place very quickly uh, instead of, you know, fight or flight is that that mechanism to um, lose all fear uh, to a certain degree. And I don't want I'm not trying to sound like Billy Badass at all, um, but, you know, to be able to physically and mentally lose all fear to to protect uh, someone or protect your family or your business or you know, whatever, um, that would be my, my childhood. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, that you had a rough childhood, man. But anyway, I mean, at least, um, at least some good has come out of it and, uh, to making you a better person. Maybe I don't have any, it may, yeah, I don't have any issue. I think coming to terms with the fact that, uh, it made me tougher. It made me literally be able to make it through anything, uh, and it made me a very good and protective, uh, you know, uh, person all the way around. I, I wouldn't change anything. Um, you know, if, 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 if someone else is having, you know, some of those issues or whatever, I would say it's on you to take that lion's uh, share of the load and suck it up, uh, move on, and then make sure you've made, from your experiences, make sure you make um, – other other people's lives better for that reason one of the reasons i really like hanging out with kids um is to 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 mentor them you know one to be you know maybe be a little bit tougher maybe get try a little bit harder but also to let them know that hey um there are good people in, in the world that are looking out for your best interests and no matter what they have someone to, to call even if it's an eight-year-old kid uh or or an 18 year old kid or whatever that 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 they have someone to potentially turn to and it could be just shooting a bow or it could be i'm in trouble i i believe that there are certain humans and individuals on the planet that are are uh that should be doing that whether are they or not um and that's one thing i, I will say like with brian cole he's very good at that he's he's very um you know good as far as motivational and good around kids and everything else uh, and there's some people that probably should drive off a cliff tomorrow and are top um you know, uh, around. And, and I know that that's not a very Christian thing to say. Um, but I would say you would have a hard time convincing me that's not true. I know people that have done nothing good ever, like ever. <laughs> and, you know, so it's like, mm, do you need that guy around? I mean, maybe he should have got Delta, right? Maybe he should have got COVID or something like that. Guy. <laughs> so, and, and I keep that in mind too, like on a day-to-day basis, trying to make a decision. Again, as simple as letting someone take your spot in line. Or, hey, telling uh, someone without sounding like a pervert, like, hey, you, hey, if you lose weight, you're looking good. Good job. You know, like making someone feel better about where they're at in life and having a lot of friends that have committed uh, suicide and things like that, um, it could be one one comment away or one phone call they could have made. And, and also, it's tough for guys to, you know, open up. This has been the most open I've ever been on a podcast, which is strange. I don't even know you, but you're asking questions so whatever um <laughs> i have a hard time opening up uh when they have issues and and i get it because i do um but 
letting someone know and having security in that relationship, that brotherhood, that bond, that at any time they can tell you anything is important. And, uh, you know, I, um, I get a lot of people that message me that, you know, and it's heartwarming to me because like, Hey man, I was literally ready to shoot myself. I listened to a podcast with some of the issues you've had or what you've dealt with that man I've, I've pulled through and I can't thank you enough. Knowing that helps me stay on social media mm, <laughs> rather yeah. than off because you know, it's not like I'm, a, a, I'm not portraying myself as a savior, but if somebody hears I was um, sleeping on a air mattress in a one bedroom apartment, you know, eating tuna because I didn't have any money and made it. And they're at that point and wondering what to do and they can message me. That makes it worth, you know, worthwhile. Yeah. No, man, I think that's good. I think you are doing good. I can, I can definitely see the, um, the desire in you to teach, you know, just with all that, when you open up for questions, you get like a million questions. I don't even understand what you guys are talking about. <laughs> like, um, so I, and like, you know, the world needs different types. You know, there, there are people who their personality, like they might gravitate more towards like a Brian call. And then some guys who identify more with you, but, um, you know, I think, I think God made you, a certain way on purpose and for a, for a reason and for a good reason. I, I think, uh, I think you're a good dude. So appreciate you being open. Yeah, no problem. Hold on. Everything. All right. Yeah. My wife or my mom trying to call me. She, uh, um, I'm trying to hang up on her here. <laughs> Hold on. You're good, man. I don't know. We'll just wait till it's over. I don't know how to hang out. All right, there we go. That's okay. Uh, I I think you're right though, because like when I talked about like with, with Brian and I hope he doesn't mind that I'm bringing him up or talking about us is, is Brian is a different personality. My Brian's more, he had seven sisters, right? He's more compassionate than I am by, by far, by, by a long stretch. And, you know, I'm more of a guy that if someone's struggling um, I'm more of a, Hey, and kick them. Like, get up, dude, run some dirt in your crotch and get up the hill. Like suck it up. You, is that good? Maybe for some, right. <laughs> Maybe not for others. Right. And so I don't, I don't think Brian's way is bad or, or good or whatever, nor on mine. It's just a different personality is going to cater more towards me. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, you know, military construction worker, whatever, uh, and one will cater towards the other. And I've got no you know, issue with that. I think it's, I mean, if everybody owned a, a red car, it'd be a pretty boring world. Um, but I, I think without a, a me or a Brian or Pickett, Remy Warren or the meat eater or whoever, we're all there for different, you know, reasons. And it's, I guess the way I look at it on a day-to-day -day basis is I just need to stay in my own lane and do my best. I've got enough crap to, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 uh, I don't need to worry about anybody else is doing other than make myself as good as I can be and help other people. So, yeah, man. I think you're doing good. So, um, oh man, so many ways I could go right now. And I, I know we're coming close on time, so I don't want to take too much of your time, but, um, I've got a, I'm in the world. Don't worry about that. I, I didn't know what I was getting into here. So I just, uh, I set aside like four hours. So whatever. <laughs> nice. Well, lucky for you. I don't think I can even go that long, but, um, um, you mentioned doll sheep hunt. Have you done that hunt? Uh, yeah, I, I've done one. I've, I've guided several. I've been on a bunch, but I did one many, many years ago. Um, but I, I've been in the uh, NWT quite a bit in Alaska a couple of times on hunts with people. Um, I'm not a big sheep guy. Like, I'll go on bighorn hunts and help people. Sometimes I'll get contracted out to do that. But 
pretty plain tame dude. I like mule deer and elk and whitetail. Um, I really do like mountain goat hunting. Um, you know, that's one of my more favorite uh, hunts. I would say if I had to choose, it would be mountain goat, mule deer, whitetail, then elk. A few years ago, it would have been different, but I've, I've hunted elk so much that whitetail has blown by uh, elk yeah. hunting. I, I get to hunt good land, so I'm not saying public land whitetail. <laughs> I get whitetail, but you know, when you change things up, for example, like let's say you fish trout for 20 years and somebody brought you into a muskie you might become a muskie fisherman quick and not worry about trout. Well, for me, for years hunting elk and, and, and mule deer or whatever, um, there's nothing better than throwing up some sticks, you know, getting 15, 16 feet up in the air, and all of a sudden hearing crunching and, and a buck coming straight to you and literally just typewriter leg kicks in. Uh, and it's the only way for me to have that adrenaline anymore hunting. I am always have adrenaline. I always get excited. But the level of hard-to-control I don't get any more except for whitetails and I can, and, and I don't spot and stock. My heart rate doesn't even go up. Like, and when I say that, that's not like, I don't find it fun. I've had people say that. Why are you even hunting them? I can just control my emotions. So keep it in your pants for whoever's listening in. Like I still have excitement, but yeah. I'm talking about uncontrollable leg shaking. Like yeah. that me with whitetail, especially when I can see them coming from a long ways out. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with like, being able to channel some of that energy into, you know, going on that stock or climbing that hill or whatever. But dude, I'm the same way. And, you know, said changing it up. Like, I think one reason why I'm so attracted to Western hunting is because I, you know, I've spent so much time in a tree stand. Um, but still you're right, man. When, when that freaking buck walks in in bow range, like it's hard to control the heart. I mean, it is one of the most, uh, adrenaline pumping things I think you can probably experience. Well, and I, um, I've shot a, a lot of whitetail, and I'm not a whitetail hunter. I do what I'm told, and I generally hit what I'm aiming at, but I'm not that. <laughs> like, hey, will you look at my land? I'm like, yep, your, your house is there. There's some woods over there. Like, that's not me. I'm not going to tell you where to put a food plot, but um, I shot, a, I think it was a 172-inch wow. um, whitetail in Texas in the panhandle way up north on the border of Oklahoma. And, and I got bashed for this when I, I actually, Texas heart shot it like eight yards away. Um, <laughs> Wait, with a bow? Huh? Yeah. Wow, I've never seen the Texas heart shot with a bow. Yeah, it I've works, seen it huh? Very lethal, yes. And, and me knowing how lethal it was and, you know, it was that close. And it was a situation. So were you aiming right for literally the butthole? Yeah, I died in like 40 yards. Yeah. So there's a pyloric artery that, that runs down the bottom of the body line and then cuts up in front of the rear quarter. Um, it's literally like hitting a femoral artery, uh, you know, or the heart. Um, Interesting. I've way, done it with a rifle, but I've never I've never seen anybody do it with a bow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's very lethal. Um, anyway, that deer, for example, um, amongst many other whitetails, popped up. That one came out of uh, salt cedars at like 45 yards. And I literally am, am talking to myself at a level of like trying to keep my, my crap together, trying because it's <laughs> loud, right? There's not much, much wind. And so when it came like every right place, right time, because in, in, in North Texas, way up in the panhandle, which is kind of like Oklahoma, Kansas area, you know, way up there, um, th th you can only hunt, shoot one buck per county. So I was county hopping, shooting all this deer. 
my, my, my buddy uh, who I hunt and I guide for was like, Hey, remember where you shot that? I shot like a, an owl dad up there. And uh, he's like, remember where we parked? And I'm like, no, not really. No. <laughs> and he's here and he showed me on uh, Google maps, not, not on it. And um, so I went in and kind of wandered around and it was snowing. Um, found the tree stand you know and there's no corn at this this was just a stand he had in that county on that land and got up there and i put my rattling antlers together to bounce them on the ground because there wasn't a lot of back cover and i'm like oh yeah they're gonna see me so of course i'm screwing around on social media i look up 45 50 yards out this buck and it's got an 11 inch eye guard uh Ooh. coming out and uh, he's got wizard hands like these big big like uh swollen fingers on the one side nice and on and I was like, oh, couldn't. Well, I, I literally, I'm like, okay, my bow is hanging up. Uh, this is not good, right? And so he he was postured up because uh, he heard that rattling. He circled all the way around me in the, the right place, right time. Thermals were coming straight up, and I was using those wind drifters uh, like uh, milkweed, uh -huh. and it was cranking up. And so I'm like, okay, well. Mm. I got a chance, right? This this might happen. When he circled to the left of me, I was on kind of an oxbow, and uh, right when he did, I set my bow on my or my my phone on my lid of my pack, grabbed my bow, and I could hear him walking, and I didn't hear any muscling up or whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm to the threshold. We're getting. He's about to come to the doorway. Like we're close. He circled all the way around, and I had a, a chance of a walking side shot and him seeing me or I already arranged everything I was kind of kind of the bottom and he came up out of that oxbow was on the uh, island it was dry <laughs> well that island was eight yards from me cool. and when he came to that island he was like he was even with me and I was like the moment he hits that oxbow I had made a conscious decision rather than potentially muscling him up getting alert shooting him sideways walking I'm going to shoot him in the butt and and I, and I pinwheeled it, it buried up to the flesh as he went 45 yards and died. The Whoa. largest one. Uh, there was like an 80 page thread bashing me on archery talk about that. One. <laughs> and but and yet the deer died quickly and ethically. So I just I think that when you look at ability, right? When you when you it's funny like people if if you practice three days before season and wound one at 25, you're still a good person. If I hit one at 75 and make a bad shot practice every day of my life, I'm a bad person. They didn't take into any, you know, yeah. there's there a lot of arc to that story, right? There was a lot going on in between sure. there. You know, for eight yards for me, if you can't make that shot and hit a softball, you probably should not be hunting. Um, in my Eight yards, opinion. that is close, man. Yeah. Yeah, with that stick bow, I, I shot shot one deer at four feet. Um, oh, shot man. Got a couple big Audad, which Audad are kind of not as cool of a, an animal, but shooting an Audad at four and five yards, uh, like a 30 plus inch ram, I shot a couple of those sub five yards. Um, super cool animals. So, yeah, the, the stick bow was fun. It was an interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Audags. I've seen on social media you're doing a lot with those things. Um, do you mainly hunt those in Texas? And I know there's some, like, I know there's some. Actually, I have a couple of friends who drew New Mexico like Barbary sheep tags, which is the same as Naudet, I think, right? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, um, but I know that's a tough hunt, um, and they're kind of hard to find on public. But um, 
basically do you is it is that kind of a private land thing i know texas is mainly private land like are, are there any like opportunity for that or what's is that a pretty cool hunt yeah so i guide down there for my buddy and i we kind of partnered up at topo texas outfitters so we we have one area in uh north texas in the paladero canyon and we have another one in the davis mountains on the border of mexico you know both very mountainous um but yeah it's all private land um you know, in, in, uh, yeah, I'm not going to shoot a 34 inch ram probably on public land in New Mexico with a recurve. So I, <laughs> and, but it's mountainous. It's not over a feeder. We don't dump out corn or, you know, it's spot and stock, um, you know, hunts. So cool. Yeah. I, public land. No, there's no, no chance where we're at there. There just isn't public land, but, um, we, we bring in, you know, several, about 12 to 15 ram hunters a year down south, about the same up north. And then we have pretty much unlimited you tags or females females have horns as well um it's kind of an overabundance of them down there so what's the what are the seasons and the cost like on that hunt just out of curiosity year round because they're invasive you can shoot them at nights with a headlamp headlights <laughs> if you want. um we haven't tried that tactic yet but um december january february march is is kind of prime time april it gets a little hot after that um and then a you hunt it depends on where you go, but like a true free range, like what we have, like a free range, not sitting over corn on a high fence or whatever, um, like a true spot in stock. It's usually like 2,500 to 3,000 for a U and 65 to 7,500 for a Ram. Cool. Interesting. I'm just always curious about different, um, you know, different opportunities and different types of hunts and stuff. But uh, okay, that is the hardest animals to kill. One of the hardest animals to kill? Uh, both get close to and and get they, they like to live. Uh they, they suck up very uh, yeah. I mean they, they like to live. Um and they're hard to get close to. So I was told when I hunted way up north it was kind of rolling hills wide open. Uh it was impossible to do with a recurve. And I was like, Well, I'll give it a whirl and uh, I ended up shooting a U and I was like they were right. Uh, that was that was rough. Like that was <laughs> that was difficult. I, I thought I'd stroll in there and not have too much of a problem. And it took four days, but uh, what ended up getting it for me was fitness. I, I ran about a mile ahead of them and waited. I could read animals if I have because I don't have great vision. Um, Thank God I can read animals. Ended up getting right in front of them and they fed by me. Um, you know, worked out. So nice. Yeah. What do you you mentioned your fitness? Like, what do you how do you train? Um, well, I have an amazing gym in my garage. Uh, when I lived in Colorado, we lived at 10,000 feet. And uh, mm, that helps. My wife would drop me off at the bottom of the mountain with a you know, 50 pound pack, and then I would hike home to dinner. <laughs> um, but I, I always you know, been into lifting. So, uh, you know, I lift every morning and then usually do backpack cardio. Right now, I got a couple broken bones in my right foot. I'm trying to get it healed up before season starts. I mountain bike. I've, I've got a uh, mountain bike um, that I ride quite a bit. And then I do backpack cardio. I got a, you know, uh, a rower and a, a hit mill X. It's kind of a deadlift. Uh, it's it's kind of like a treadmill, I guess. Um, cool. But I do a lot of sets. I used to power lift. I, you know, used, used to be around 280. Now I'm around 210. So, I do a lot of super. I'll do like 50 push ups, 30 dips, 100 crunchies, 50 crunchies, uh, 10 pull ups, and then, you know, 50 air squats and do that for 20 minutes for me. I'm 
had about all I can take. 20 minutes of that in the morning, 20 at night, you're going to be pretty fit. Yeah. You know, and I do get a kick in, not to get on the fitness thing, but fitness is really so mental. Like, I don't have time to work out. You got time to work out, right? Like, <laughs> Dude, you can crush yourself in like five minutes if you want. If I integrate the rower, for example, and, and, and of course I did purchase the rower, but I don't, I didn't want a gym membership and I easily saved money with this gym, hodgepodging it together. If you, for example, for a workout built up to it, but you did 25 pushes, pushups, one minute rowing as fast as you can, 50 crunchies, 50 air squats, or let's, I mean, most people can't do 50, 25 air squats, right? And then you grab a curl bar or, or a band and and curl for let's say three sets of 15 you're you're done in 15 minutes like make money yeah and so i think it's just that will to you know in that mindset you know like eating healthy which is a struggle for me every day um you know hey what do i need to eat that's healthy point blank don't eat anything from the store that's in a package you're probably gonna healthy i don't understand the labels well if you can't understand it don't eat it right if it's (laughs) pressure frozen right like it's it's pretty simple, but it's a matter of like people want to know what they can eat that, 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 that tastes good. But really, like when you go to dieting, if you ate chicken, some some sweet potatoes or brown rice, some broccoli and a salad, yeah, you're, you're going to be pretty fit, right? I mean, and there's a lot more to it and a lot of people dive into it. But the reality is most humans nowadays stop drinking beer, stop drinking soda, don't drink Gatorade, drink water and electrolyte mix. In the morning when you wake up, eat three eggs, right? Don't eat bacon. Don't eat whatever. At lunch, have a moderate salad and some tuna. And at dinner, have some chicken breast or steak. You're probably going to have pretty amazing body within the next six months. And, and I don't think people realize that. It doesn't take that much other than the will to do it. Absolutely. I, nutrition is huge. Um, I lost a ton of weight and got fit. And, um, yeah, I mean, it really started when – I really got serious about tracking and people do overcomplicate it. Like you're saying, if you just keep it simple and and have the will to do it and do it consistently, you'll definitely see results. Um, what, uh, what do you, what do you love about photography so much, man? I think the, the ability to, um, capture a moment in time, the exact way that you saw it for other people to, to see and bring them, you know, to that, whether they're at their house or online or whatever, um, and having the, the, that knowing that they, that you were able to, to do that, um, to me, it's just amazing. And I, there's a few, I posted a, a reel today of just a bunch of photos in a row that I liked. I don't know if anybody else did, but being able like, like right now, take a photo of you at that desk where in 20 years you can look back and like, man, I remember when I started that podcast with him, whatever, and having a detailed photo of just capturing that moment in time for people to see from, from your eyes to the camera, to the screen or to the print. Um, it's just amazing to me. It's, it's, uh, it's art. And, and, and I, you know, I don't have as much time as I'd like to do it, but whether it's catching an arrow in flight or seeing sweat drip off someone's face on a hike or whatever, you're truly capturing time and years ago you couldn't do that. And you certainly couldn't do it at the level we we are now. You're, you're, you're literally capturing a moment in time for people to see a hundred years from now, 50 years from now, and you're able to do it now. You can, you know, you can make books or whatever, where somebody can flip through a coffee table book 
and be where you were while they're sitting on a couch and, and truly, you know, almost be there or understand where you were at, depending. And that that's it's um it, it's it's amazing to me. And I guess that would be my quick explanation. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's like a little little digital time capsule, and um, you know, I'm more of a video guy, but I get that. I mean, you have to be, you know, video is more almost like spray and pray. You're just getting everything right, and then it comes together in the edit suite. Um, but yeah, like capturing that one, like telling that story with just one frame, it takes a little bit more artistry, maybe. Yeah, I think it's it's both very creative. Like I, I am not a, a video guy. Um, as much but like if i can capture a guy's face after he shot a white tail and people like oh that dude's about to fall out of the tree stand then i I did my job it's easier (laughs) ways to capture that with video but it's harder with the gear like yeah you don't make a 30 second video you got to tell a story right you may post the video but i'm telling a story with maybe one or 20 photos you're telling a story with six hours of video that you have to snip into 20 minutes. That is harder. Capturing a moment may be more difficult with the camera, but the total package is more difficult with, with, with video when, when you're videoing. Um, and when I say that, like when I get contracted out to do a photo shoot, whether it's someone on a hunt or they're going on some type of an expedition, you know, it's my job from the airport. When we leave the airport, we get back for them to have, you know, 2,500 photos to pick from, uh, to capture that and then to them choose 25 to show their family in a photo album. So. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, keep it up, man. I like looking at your photos and stuff. So, um, but yeah, man, um, I think we, we covered most of the stuff I wanted to hit and I uh, really enjoyed talking to you. Is there anything else you wanted to mention real quick or um, you want to give, I'm sure a lot of people know, but where can people find you if they want to check out more of your stuff? Um, on Instagram, it's just Aaron um, Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R. It's A-R-O-N. Um, there's stuff on YouTube, on the Kafaru page on YouTube, the Kafaru Cast podcast. Um, that is explicit. We do cuss on that one. Um, <laughs> it's listening in. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would leave, like, with what we were talking about. Um, I think the most important thing you could do every day when you wake up is try to think of how you can make the world better, um, not make it worse. And every chance you have to try to help a fellow human, you should probably do that. You you know, it'll make the world a better place. And I, I think we definitely need that right now. So That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. I really uh, appreciate your time and uh, enjoy chatting with you, man. Yeah, you as well. Thanks for having me on. If you ever need anything, feel free to get a hold of me anytime. Absolutely. <laughs>